0: I let him take care of me in certain ways, but like, he's definitely not fathering me. He's only daddying me, okay? There's a difference. Are you mothering him or are you mommying him? Hey, Kooks. It's Jess. It's a solo episode, just thoughts to kick off the new year. I guess we have already had a new year episode that was recorded in 2023, though. So, this is technically our first episode of 2024. I wish you could see me right now. I'm actually probably going to take a selfie or a video or something later before I get up because I'm laying on my couch with a weighted blanket over me. It's snowing outside in Chicago, and the snowflakes are the biggest chunkers I've ever seen. Such thick hoes. And I'm just literally laying on the couch with my microphone and my laptop. And this is how I'm recording. I've never done this in all my years of podcasting, which is a crazy thing to be able to say, by the way, that I have years of podcasting. But I do, and I've never recorded in such a laissez-faire type of position, and I feel like it's going to lead to good things. As you can probably hear in my voice, I have a cold for probably the fourth time. I'm sure that we could actually count that because we can go back to podcast episodes over the last few months and see how many times I said that I was struggling with a cold, but it's been a lot. I keep getting a cold, getting better, getting a cold, getting better. Um, I wish I could be recording this for you with a better speaking voice, a less nasally speaking voice, but I can't. So this is what you get. What did I want to talk to you about, yo? My brain is empty. I... (laughs) I really turned off my brain over the holidays. It was so nice. I just watched TV pretty much the whole time and like occasionally saw people. But mostly just watched TV. I finished Succession, which I told you guys about last episode. Um, Honestly loved it. Okay, I'm swallowing my words. Well, I'm not swallowing my words because they're still horrible people and it still made me want to... Like, it still turned me into this, like, paranoid person and kind of a more cruel. I didn't actually do anything cruel during the week and a half that I binged Succession, but I definitely had cruel thoughts, maybe some cruel intentions. Shout out. Great movie. Um, Yeah, but it's a really good show. Anyway, so I turned off my brain. For weeks, and it's really taking a while for it to turn back on. I actually cried on January 1st. Like the type of tears you cry when you have to, I don't know. I was about to say when the school year is over. But I think most people looked forward to that when they were kids. And I did too when I was a kid, but I'm thinking specifically of my freshman year of college the day that I left for summer break how fucking sad I was to be leaving all my friends that's like the saddest I've ever been to leave school because I really wasn't much of a school gal I did well in school but I didn't like it anyway what was I saying oh yeah I cried on January 1st at the end of the day All the holidays were over and I had work the next day and my boyfriend was going back to his house. How dare he? (laughs) And I just was crying like a fucking bitch, baby. And it was a weird way to kick off my year. And now I'm recording a podcast essentially in the fetal position. Um, I did ask you guys for some input on things I should talk about. Caroline, by the way, is thriving. Um, So don't worry about her absence. She's just taking a little extra time off. She had some travel planned. So that's why it's just me today sending her kisses, of course. Can't wait to record with her for next week. But um, you guys suggested that I should talk a little bit about my ins and outs for 2024. If you don't know what that's referring to, I guess a bunch of influencers, content creators, celebrities, just like people with followings on Instagram, put up their ins and outs for the year. So just like a bulleted list on what's in and a bulleted list on what's out. So I thought that was a pretty cute suggestion. I'm going to take it and run with it. Here are my ins and outs for 2024. Here's what's in. First off, taking care of your immune system before you get sick. You can tell that I wrote these bullets today. (laughs) I need to figure out what's going on with my immunity, and I need to make it better. I don't know if that means we're going to start taking vitamins. I don't know if that means I'm going to be drinking orange juice every day. I don't actually know what this bullet means, but I know that it is in for 2024. Take care of your immune system before it's too late, because I'd be catching myself getting sick and drinking the orange juice two days in and that doesn't do shit sister okay next up the return of actual comedy shows and movies listen everybody knows the bear on hulu great show based in chicago i've talked about it before about chefs and restaurant workers and it's great was nominated for comedy best comedy at award shows this year and i feel like that is indicative of a larger trend that's been happening in entertainment where like we haven't actually gotten many comedies in the last few years we've gotten comedy specials of course we've gotten sketch shows like i think you should leave just one Um, A Golden Globe, I think, and it deserved to, Tim Robinson, hilarious sketch show on Netflix, but I'm talking about, like, the offices of the world, the Parks and Recs of the world, even, like, Friends and How I Met Your Mother, like, these classic sitcoms. The only show on TV that's like that these days is Abbott Elementary, which is a really cute show. I really like Quinta Brunson. I want to support it. Um... We love that it's like a racially diverse cast and things like that. But it really feels like a carbon copy of Parks and Rec a lot of the times. It just doesn't feel original. It's a funny cute show, but I'm missing comedy shows that feel new. And like that I'm dying to watch each week and just going to like laugh out loud about. I enjoyed Succession, but that's a dark comedy dramedy maybe I enjoyed the bear I mean that doesn't even that's not even a comedy that is anxiety ridden and you're not laughing that much I laughed more in succession than the bear which says something there's white lotus it's funny because you're uncomfortable you know there's the morning show not a comedy like but they you know, they have funny moments, so they're getting away with calling themselves comedies or something. No. 2024, I want to see the return of real comedies. And I do think it's coming. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts of comedians and comedy writers and stuff like that. And they're all lamenting the same thing that I am right now. So maybe that means they're about to make a change. Okay, number three. I have five ins, by the way. Number three, sleeping in is in for 2024. If you read an influencer's checklist for 2024 and their ins list said waking up early, no, it did not. They're wrong. Listen to mother. (laughs) One time, one of you called me mother, like you commented that on a picture i posted on instagram and that my nipples have been hard ever since um it was huge so listen to mother sleeping in is in let yourself rest i'm recording this podcast horizontal i don't know how many times i have to remind you of that sleep in that's in i don't think i have to say more about that in number four for 2024 straight hair I have been a huge proponent of the beach waves I've been doing it for years and recently along with cutting my hair shorter I've whipped out my flat iron again and let me tell you it's sleek it's easy takes less time and I just think it's back so this is not to say if you have naturally curly hair then fuck you. No, I'm honestly jealous of you. But what I'm saying is just for styling, like heat styling of hair, it's about straight hair this year. Okay, and finally, my fifth in for 2024 is buying expensive art. And I have expensive in quotes because it's kind of in the eye of the beholder, like what's expensive to you. And I feel like Caroline would totally disagree with me on this in because she loves going to thrift stores and getting used art for cheap, which is smart. I love that, but I've never been somebody to be able to do that. I just feel like it doesn't match my aesthetic and I have a bit more of a modern aesthetic than kind of these older pieces that she'll find in thrift stores, even though I love them when I see them in her place. But it just like doesn't work with my style. So what I have on my walls is mostly these prints that I get on like Society Six or Urban Outfitters. And they're cute. And I have a reason that I like each of them. Otherwise, I wouldn't have selected them and bought them. But they do make me feel a little bit just like a basic bitch and so I was looking around and realizing that I want to put art on my walls that means more to me and that I invest in a little more and like really search for and find something that speaks to me rather than just this kind of like capitalist, consumerist art print world that I've been living in. So my first piece just arrived yesterday. I need to hang it up, but. It's this print by this artist, Victoria Rose Park. I really like her stuff. It's like a cool mix of realism and abstract art. I know nothing about art. I don't know if I'm using the right words, but it mixes like different colors that are all abstract, but then there will be elements of it that are real. Like the one that I got has a tree trunk is like painted on this canvas, but then it also has these blurred colors around it so it's not it's not a tree there's just like a piece of tree trunk (laughs) I sound crazy it's really hard to describe um but if you go to her website you'll know what I'm talking about I don't know how to describe my art taste but I'm trying to get there and I'm trying to buy things that just like mean more to me and I think that's in for 2024 Okay, now we're at our outs. What's out for 2024? First, something I've talked about, pitting Taylor Swift and Beyonce against each other. It's out, we're done. Been there, done that. If you're still doing it, you are already late. Like by November, we were not doing that anymore in 2023, okay? They posted a picture together. It was a very clear message let's stop this nonsense. But if it took you November and December to kind of process that and be like, okay, fine, I don't have to hate the other one just because I love one of them. I gave you that time. I gave you that leeway. Now we're here and it's January. It's a new year and we're gonna stop. We're gonna stop comparing them because guess what? Their music is very different. The only common thing about them is They're huge. They're at the top of their game right now. Huge pop stars who went on these enormous arena tours last year. And they're women. Other than that, there is nothing in common about them. So you can't even compare them. It's apples and oranges. Leave it alone. There's room for both of them. Guess what? There's room for both of them to be on the top. It doesn't even have to be like, well, one of them is still slightly better. No. There's room for both of them. Get over it. Get over yourself. Are you a pop star? I don't think so. Stop being jealous. Stop pitting women against each other. We should celebrate two women at the top of their game. Thank you so much. Next, what's out? Matt Reif, Joe Coy, and in general, male comedians. Oof. This is a roast, mamas and... Papas, What? Papa's doesn't seem right. I feel like if to the men listening, it's more like a brotherly vibe. And to the women, it's mamas. And if you're non-binary, hmm, what should it be? Just like the cuddle lumps. That's you guys. Listen up, mamas, brothers, and cuddle lumps. Male comedians are out. You heard it here first. Nobody cares about them anymore. (laughs) This is a joke. I listen to a lot of male comedians, regrettably. But there's a certain brand of male comic who has rightfully, in my opinion, been put under the microscope lately because it's just kind of like, I'm not trying to cancel them. They haven't done anything so horrendous to be canceled. But just like, are they funny? I think we really need to look at whether they're funny. And Matt Reif, who for some odd reason that is unknown to me, has blown up in the last year for his comedy, and also for apparently being hot, I don't see it. He's not funny, he's not hot. You need to expand your horizons if that's what you think good comedy is. He's out. Joe Coy, Joe Coy is like, a long-time male comic. He's been in the industry for a really long time. He used to date Chelsea Handler. I think that really put him on the map. And he's funny. He's fine. But he just hosted the Golden Globes and caught a lot of shade for some of his really basic jokes about women, mostly, like jokes about the Barbie movie, jokes about Taylor Swift. Fair game to joke about those things at the Golden Globes. But the jokes he chose to do were just like, so easy and not funny like try a little harder not every joke about women has to be like about boobs i don't know it's not looking good for male comics that's what i'm gonna say the next thing that's out for 2024 plant mamas i say this as i look around at my apartment that's full of plants listen i know caroline has said that she's not a big plant person respect I I've enjoyed having plants in my apartment but I'm just feeling like this is the year they're all gonna die (laughs) so I'm processing that now pre-processing by saying that plants are out if I convince myself that plants are out then it'll be okay once I can't keep any of these alive Um, Yeah, I just think it's kind of been happening for a while. The whole plants as home decor thing. And I've been participating and I like it for a lot of reasons. Like you're bringing life into your home. You're bringing the outdoors in, like clarifying the oxygen. And I don't know, it's science. All of that sounds good, but um, I just feel like it's been a thing for a while and kind of over it kind of over it. You asked me for my outs, okay? These are just mine. You don't have to stop doing anything you're doing because of the things I'm saying are out. I probably won't stop doing them either. That brings me to my fourth one. Over-caffeinating. Out for 2024. This list is aspirational, okay? I'm still sometimes going to make a jab about how Beyonce is better than Taylor Swift. I'm still sometimes going to listen to male comedians. I'm still going to have plants. And I'm still going to overcaffeinate. I know these things about myself. But what I will be participating in is out. You can still participate in something that is no longer in. It's just not on trend anymore. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So really have that mindset when you take in my lists here. I'm going to be doing all of these things. It's just that I'm going to be outdated. Okay. Over caffeinating is out. It makes you anxious. What I've been doing lately is going more the tea route. I've just been finding myself like bored of coffee, which I never thought I would say that. So, I've been drinking more tea, and tea has a little bit less caffeine than coffee. And it's also less addicting because it's not as tasty, because it's kind of like this weird water that has stuff soaked into it. I guess that's kind of what coffee is, too. But tea is more see through, so you can s- tell that it's water. <laughs> so, I don't want to drink as much of it. And that leads to me being less caffeinated. And that leads to me recording this podcast lying on my couch and I think all of those things are in for 2024 and finally my fifth and final out for 2024 is blaming other people for stuff yeah I just called you out I just called you out blaming other people for anything is fucking lame even if it was their fault It's lame. If it was their fault, they probably know it was their fault. If they don't know it was their fault, and it was, then that's not a person you should be dealing with because they have no self-awareness and no accountability. And if you're blaming them and it wasn't their fault, then that's fucking lame on you. So what are we going to do this year? We're not going to blame things on other people, even if it's their fault you don't need to say it out loud. You don't need to vocalize it. You don't need to point fingers. It is really unproductive, I find. I feel like most of the time when you're in a conflict and there's a tendency to point blame, it just takes away from resolution. Like It just takes you away from what your goal should be which is like finding resolution as a team and getting back on the same page and understanding each other and maybe apologizing and then moving on like pointing blame is lame I think it's something I'm good at doing (laughs) not pointing blame I think I'm good at not pointing blame wait now I've said not too many times I think I'm good at not pointing blame That's the sentence that I wanted to say. Um, But I don't think you guys are good at it. (laughs) Not our listeners. Just the world. I don't think the universe is good at it. And so that's why I put it on this list. I don't think other people are good at it. My energy for this recording is really weird. Also, I feel like laying down is making my nasal congestion more exacerbated. So give me a second. Okay, I'm sitting up now. I think this is what you deserve. (laughs) What your ears deserve is slightly less mucus. So yeah, that's what you're going to get with my new position on the couch. Okay. Those were my ins and outs for 2024. Let me know what you think. DM me at Jay-Z tobakey or DM the podcast at not for everyone pod. <clears throat> That's not the number four everyone pod. And uh, we can fight. How about that? I got some what a dos from the Kooks. You sent them in on Instagram for my solo episode. And so I thought I'd go through some of those now. As a reminder, I don't know anything. um, And I probably wouldn't take my own advice, not because it's bad advice, but because it's really hard to do the right thing or do the thing that an outsider would tell you to do. So I'm going to answer these what to do's, but like, you know, I'm just chatting. We're just friends. I'll do my best. Here's one. What to do when you feel like you've become your partner's mother and the romance is dead? <sighs> no. <laughs> this is such a hard no. This is such a hard pass for me. Um, I don't know. I really just want to say you get out, but I know it's not that easy. But I mean, you telling me that the romance is dead, dead means dead. It doesn't mean on its last leg and there's still something to work on. You're saying dead. Those are your words, not mine. So if it's really dead, then I don't know how you bring it back from the dead. I'm sure there are tactics, but it sounds like the situation might be too far gone. when you feel like you've become your partner's mother, I mean the least sexy relationship dynamic that there could possibly be. If you are having to mother your, let's just say for the purposes of this example, your male partner as a woman, if you're having to be his mom and like, oh, I remember when I was with my ex, And we would go on like a trip or something. I always packed his bag. We didn't even live together at the time. And I would like be at his place packing his bag before we left. What? You're a grown ass man. It's not hard to do this. That's just a really simple example. Like a microcosm of a larger thing It's really hard because as women, we tend to be more organized, maybe not always, but I think a lot of the times women just by virtue of being women and having things come harder to us in life, have to work harder and have to be more on top of it and have to be more thoughtful and intentional across the board about everything. And we also have a maternal instinct. Um, if you have kids, then you're already in a rhythm where you're a mother and you're doing everything for them and you're thinking 10 steps ahead and managing calendars and managing tasks and you're just already in that mindset as a woman that it's really hard not to let it pour over into your romantic relationship especially if you're with a partner who does not have as many of those attributes because you're kind of like picking up the slack for them. And I don't only think it has to do with kind of like organizing life and organizing tasks and keeping them on top of things and like packing their suitcase for them for before a trip. Like it is those things, but the way I see this play out is almost more of an emotional Mothering, and that's when you know it's gone too far. It's like, okay, doing tasks for your partner, helping them out with stuff. Maybe you have a good balance there. Maybe they do other things for you that even that out. Maybe that comes really naturally to you, and it's fine. But when it starts to be an emotional mothering of like, I don't know, they don't know how to take care of themselves, they don't. Take the initiative to do all the things that life requires of them and like keep themselves operating in a healthy way and take care of their physical appearance or just like take care of themselves in every sense of the word. Take care of themselves mentally, go to therapy, figure out their demons and like deal with them. You end up doing so much of that for them, and all of that is mothering. Our moms want to do that stuff for us. Our moms want to protect us from the world. They want to do the thinking for us. They want to do the planning for us. They want to do the emotions for us if they can. They want to just say, here's everything on a silver platter. I took out all the hard stuff and only left you with the good stuff. Like that's what a mom is or that's what a mom wants to be at least. And that works when it's with kids, (laughs) That's a wonderful thing when it's with kids, but when it's a grown person, a mother shouldn't be doing that to their grown adult kids, but a partner shouldn't be doing that for another partner either. Nobody should be doing that for anyone. It's like, get your shit together, dude. So yeah, I think there's a logistical and emotional side to starting to feel like you're your partner's mom. But what do you do? I mean, as with anything, my question is gonna be, have you tried to talk to them about it? Um, What have you tried already? It's hard to talk to somebody about this because you don't wanna like infantilize them. (laughs) But they're kinda doing it to themselves. But that actually brings up a good point of like, are they doing it to themselves or are you doing this? Like if you just stop mothering them, just stop doing all the emotional and physical labor for them, what would happen? Would they crumble? Would they maybe lose their footing for a few days but then start to do it for themselves? Like what would happen it's possible that you're not giving them enough credit and not giving them enough space to do it themselves. Not giving yourself enough space to say no or to let them figure it out for on their own. So, maybe you should test like what happens when I stop. You don't have to stop all of it at once. Maybe that would be really severe. But stop certain things and see how they react, if they react at all. Do they start doing it for themselves? Do they not do it, but everything's still fine? You know, that's another thing is like, we each have different preferences and standards for our, the way that we live. If you like for XYZ things to be done in the morning so that the rest of your day is really productive... That's great. It's good that you know that about yourself. Please go ahead and do them. But does your partner really need those same XYZ things in the morning? Maybe you're doing it for them because you think that's what they need because it's what works for you. But maybe they actually don't really need it. Maybe they've been benefiting from it. It can't hurt. But like if it was taken away, would they? What would happen? Maybe they don't really need the same things you need. Maybe they don't need the things you're giving them. Or maybe they would do those things for themselves if there was room to do it. And I don't think it would happen right away, but I think over time, like something you have to remind yourself when I would pack the suitcase for my ex, I would think to myself like, you know, Jess, he was a functioning person before he met you, (laughs) He went on trips and packed bags before. And maybe he forgot socks. And guess what? He survived. (laughs) You know, like they existed before you and they would exist again without you. So maybe everything wouldn't be like this well-oiled machine, like in tip-top shape. Maybe you're, you're definitely making their life better and easier, but it's okay if you let them kind of struggle and figure out for themselves sometimes when it's the easy stuff anyway, the little stuff. Let go of the little stuff. And maybe that'll allow some more room for yourself to start feeling romantically connected to them again. And maybe they'll feel better too because they'll be taking care of themselves. Like there's something empowering about taking care of yourself as opposed to someone else taking care of you. I feel like for men, if we're still operating in the idea that this was a woman and her partner's a man, they need to feel that autonomy and independence to feel confident and feel sexy and feel like they deserve to romance you. I think that's there's something to that. I think that's true. And probably the same applies to the reverse, like... I don't want to be a baby to my boyfriend. I mean, I do. I want to be babied and I, I am baby and I want to be babied and, and want to cuddle and I just want to be spoon fed soup. <laughs> but I also don't. Like, I also take care of my shit. I also have so much going for me that I do all by myself. I let him take care of me in certain ways, but like, he's definitely not fathering me. He's only daddying me, okay? There's a difference. Are you mothering him or are you mommying him? <laughs> this has gone off the rails. Allow him room. Allow your partner room to do things for themselves, to fail sometimes, to forget their socks on that trip, and to fuck you real good. All of them, all of those four things correlate. We have another what to do from an adorable man. If you're listening, I found this adorable. Maybe that's not what you want to hear, but I mean it as the biggest compliment. So a male listener wrote in and said, I'm turning 30 in four months and never been in a relationship and barely had any dates. As a man, how do I tackle dating with my lack of experience? I've tried dating apps and the lack of matches is soul crushing. I mean, you're probably exactly the type of person that everybody wants to date. (laughs) I mean, you listen to this podcast, first of all, huge green flag. Um, You seem introspective. I feel like if you're one of our listeners, you probably are. You just want a relationship and you probably don't do any of the toxic masculinity shit that a lot of women are dealing with on these apps. I'm assuming you're interested in women, but that's not an appropriate assumption and I'm sorry about that. I don't think you specified. Um, So I'll just say, you know, you're looking for a partner and you probably deserve it more than anyone. Um, Not that it's a deserve thing but you'd just probably be great at it. And it's demoralizing out there. So I actually called in some outside support for this what to do. And I asked my boyfriend, Ryan, if he has advice for this listener, just because it's a man writing in which I can give advice. And probably a lot of the advice that I would give is, Similar to the advice I would give to a woman, we actually kind of touched on a similar what to do in our last episode, somebody feeling like it's so much easier for everybody to find love except for them. So I would tell this listener, if you haven't, then go listen back to that one. Um, But I think there's still something about like hearing it from someone who can relate to you a little bit more. So I asked Ryan to do some thinking And we'll see what he has to say.
1: Is it recording now? Yes. All right. I'm not sure how to give advice on the topic of dating because the time that I thought dating was hard, it wasn't dating, it was how I felt about myself. And I think it amplified the feelings of rejection and adequacy as well as just a general apprehension around meeting new people. And i guess that's the question is, is this really a question about dating or is this a question about the apps because those are two different things um so to me the only goal of the apps is to understand them and then to go on one that s- suits how you plan on interacting with it i know that Tinder generally is more about immediacy um than it is about intimacy or dating in and of itself so if that is the app you're using, that might be hard. Um, but if you pick an app that is honestly more passive, like Hinge or Bumble, and you just try to put an honest portrayal of yourself out there, then just, you know, just leave it be. If you're worried about rejection or why someone might not respond to you in two days, some people, get it, some people have left their profiles up for two months and haven't even looked at it, yeah. Deleted off their phone and didn't do any things. But there are numerous reasons for someone not to match with you that have nothing to do with you.
0: That's the advice. That's it, Rye. <laughs> There's a million reasons that somebody is not responding to your message or not matching with you. And almost none of them have to do with you because they don't even know you. So how could it have to do with you? Um, maybe it has to do with something on your profile. But even then, that's not really you. And it just doesn't have to do with you as much as you think it does. So I liked the advice of, like, just put it up there, make it honest, make it true to you, make it in your voice. And, like, just leave it there and don't think too much about it and just see what comes. Um,
1: Yeah. And the other part of that is if you're having trouble with your profile, just think of the friend that is a good friend to you and they'll be able to highlight your good qualities, the ones you can't think of or don't readily see.
0: Okay, so in conclusion for this listener, you've given some good dating app tips. You've made sure that they know that it's not personal. Anything else you would say more along the lines of just like somebody who feels inexperienced and like, maybe they're not meant to find somebody, you know, cause I feel like that's some of this experience is like it's I'm 30 and it's not happening for me. Like what's wrong with me? Is it just not meant for me? You know what I mean?
1: Well, this is a paradox. I think a lot of people feel that way until mm-hmm. they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the, the way to, think about that is if you haven't been dating in 29 to 30 years of your life that hasn't been your focus guess what you've probably been focusing on some other things yeah these things have filled up your life of experience be they hobbies trips travel whatever but you've spent time doing some really cool stuff and someone's going to be into that yeah um just as someone's going to be into getting to know you as you get to know you um, while dating um, so don't fear that Just don't fear what you don't know or don't assume that people are thinking one thing about you or not um, mm. uh, the greatest surprise to me when I got on the apps was I didn't realize who was attracted to me and who wasn't for most of my life I was just really bad at that um, this quickly told me that if I could was just me, there were more people that like me than not. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was one of the bigger surprises. The other is, um, I, we live in the third biggest city in the U.S., which means that we're fortunate enough to have more people that could be in us. So depending on where you are, could there are so many factors in this world that could be why you're alone. There are also so many reasons why that can change, mm. um, and the crazy thing is, most of those reasons don't have to do with you. So all you can do is feel confident in who you are, and kind of that all those cool things you've experienced in life. Somebody's going to be into that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that I love that. I love that point.
1: You might have been just been studying memes, and those memes could be
0: really cool. You could be doing that. The <laughs> best at sending memes and somebody would be lucky to have you as their partner because that is a real skill that you're going to put to use once you find your person (laughs) okay well this that was really good thank you for thank you for lending your voice to this person's what to do i think you did a great job
1: i i think i did a job
0: (laughs) all right Concluding this Jess Thoughts episode with a Hot Takes segment, I'm going to try to go fast on these. Um, Usually when Caroline and I do Hot Takes, we've talked about how it's like the most lukewarm takes ever, like the most reasonable, thoughtful, and constructive and time-consuming answers. And uh, that's great, and I love that for us. But in this edition of Hot Takes, just on my solo episode, I'm going to try to be a little more fast-moving. It probably won't work, but I'm going to try. Okay, someone wrote in, hot take, being a girl's girl. Love it because this is a phrase used on Love Island all the time. My take is that if you say this about yourself, you are exactly the opposite of a girl's girl. A real girl's girl does not need to announce that she is a girl's girl. Next, hot take, TikTok. Listen, I used to be obsessed with TikTok for like three, four months at the beginning of the pandemic. I deleted it because I was getting so much toxic dating advice, like from like 17 year olds who are on TikTok doing dances and being like, if he wanted to, he would, which like has some truth to it, but also just was becoming this like toxic thing that repeated in my head whenever I had a date with anyone. And it just wasn't productive for a 30 year old woman to be consuming, this much information and this much much advice from people I don't even have any background on. You know, it's different from like a podcast where you kind of get to know who these people are. It's like, you just scroll on TikTok and you take everything as like equal value and equal truth because you've never seen any of these people before and they're just popping up like in the same way with one scroll. Does that make sense? And so um, I think TikTok is... A toxic place. It's the same reason that I took a Instagram hiatus for a week last week, just because I was like scrolling on reels endlessly. And it really does start to affect your like view of the world and yourself. I'm sure there are nice areas of TikTok. Like it really depends on your algorithm and the types of things that you're getting fed. But for me, it was not productive. I don't go on TikTok. I'll only go on if friends send me a clip that they want me to see, and even then, it depends on the friend. I'll be honest. People who call their dogs babies. Hot take request. Um, they're right. They are correct. Dogs are babies. Babies are dogs. The way that you have to train and raise a dog is so similar to the way that you have to raise a baby, and I'm really sorry if I'm offending parents right now, but it is low-key the same. And um, <laughs> I don't have either, and that is for a reason. Their dogs are definitely their babies. And I think it's fine that they say that. I call this podcast my baby, and I think it's fine for me to say that. Like, babies, baby is not a noun that can only apply to, like, infant children. It can also apply to just, like, things that we nurse you know things that we have to like nurture mommying this whole episode's about mommying so if that's the relationship you have with your dog i believe you that's a lot of work um it's not for me it's not for everyone but they're definitely your baby carry on hot takes stanley cups so okay this is a funny one because <laughs> whenever It's written out like that, Stanley Cup. (laughs) Because I'm such a sporty girl, I think of the hockey trophy, the Stanley Cup, right? That's what they win. They, the proverbial they that are hockey players, I guess. Um, But Stanley Cups are also the insulated cups by the brand Stanley competitor with Yeti. And it's a water bottle. Um, and it's been blowing up lately. And as somebody who's such a marketing nerd, I think it's pretty cool, but I'm also kind of like, I don't know, I've been noticing their moves and their growth and their like strategic decisions for a while now. So I think it's interesting that like literally this week, everybody's talking about it, but good for them. Uh, Stanley is historically like, a, a, a brand for, outdoorsmen for blue collar workers like the stanley cup um is as close to indestructible as a cup i think can be as a water bottle type of thing can be and your drink stays really cold in them for a really long time and like that has great use cases for their original target audience but they started to notice that I think like a blogger wrote about the Stanley Cup and she had a big female following and they all started buying her cups. And so Stanley could have either like just decided this was a fluke and not really um, latched onto it, or they could have done what they ended up doing, which is running with it and being like, oh, shoot, we have a new audience here that we haven't even thought about before and we should really go after it. And that's what they did. They hired the person from Crocs, another brand that was known for like these ugly shoes that like basic bitches would never wear. But this marketing executive that was at Crocs and is now at Stanley transformed these brands. So Crocs, they make them in all these sorts of colors. They have charms that you can put on them. They do collabs with different other brands. Now Stanley doing different colors um, like seasonal editions. They're doing collabs with different companies like latching on to this market that they hadn't been really working with before and hadn't been selling to before, but really is the market that's going to be willing to buy a lot of things, which is like basic bitches with money. Let's go. Let's go ladies. Um, And I think it's really cool. I think it's really cool. And They also recently came up because a woman posted on TikTok or something that her car like lit on fire and she filmed in the inside of her car. It's all like roasted and just burnt to a crisp, but her Stanley mug is still in the cup holder, unharmed. She picks it up, shakes it, and you can still hear ice in it, even though the car had been on fire. So that's already great promotion for Stanley. People started to buy the cups left and right because of this woman's TikTok. Stanley catches wind of it, lets the woman know that they're going to buy her a replacement vehicle. The $30,000, $40,000 that they probably spent on her car is negligible compared to the marketing dollars that they saved with how many impressions those videos got. So just really, really smart marketing stuff happening at Stanley and a lot of people have been asking me my opinion on it and my opinion is it's genius and like good for them and I love nerding out about it if you didn't enjoy this um we are not the same and that's fine we don't have to be but two people asked and they get me okay last hot take submission hater disguised as a lover (laughs) that's me. That's me. I think this whole episode is just another case study of the hater that I truly am deep, deep down. But I have so much love for all of you. Thanks for being here for a Just Thoughts episode. If you want more not for everyone, you can find us on YouTube Almost all of our episodes are on YouTube. We don't put our solo episodes on there because we just like to take the break from being camera ready. But you'll find all of our other episodes on our YouTube account. Um, Just search Not For Everyone podcast there. You'll find Caroline on YouTube as well. Caroline Winkler. And you'll find me on Instagram at jzdebakey. Our podcast is at notforeveryonepod on Instagram. And talk to you next week with Caroline. Can't wait for my baby to come back. Baby, come back. <laughs> okay. Bye, kooks. Kisses. I, Y, K, Y, K. High heels on my tippies. Don't say "Angabana." that's on my titties. <laughs>
1: I can't stop.